I want to tell you about another podcast you might enjoy, Pin Drop from TED. On Pin Drop, host Salim Rushamwala journeys across the globe to find surprising stories from different places. With local journalists and creators as your guides, you'll weave through the streets of Bangkok with a motorcycle midwife, time travel with dinosaurs behind a hardware store in New Jersey, and meet a guy who dresses up as a luchador to protect citizens from traffic in Mexico City. Listen to Pin Drop wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. If you're just tuning in, here's the deal. Each weekday, we're telling the stories of women from throughout history who you may not know about, but definitely should. Each month has a theme. For the month of May, we're talking about mavericks and legends, highlighting women who went against prescribed gender norms to make a name for themselves, for better or for worse. Some of these women did incredible things for society and should be celebrated. Others had a big impact that was not quite so rosy. The collection of women we're featuring this month is complex and nuanced, much like all women are. Today we're talking about a Nigerian businesswoman and kingmaker who amassed enormous economic power through Western Africa. Let's talk about Efunroye Tinubu. Efunroye was born around 1805 in Western Nigeria. She grew up with parents adept in trading and eventually picked up the skill from her mother and grandmother. In 1830, Efunroye's life was disrupted when war displaced her family and her first husband died shortly thereafter. As a widow with two children, she immersed herself in trade. In 1833, Efunroye charmed Adele, the exiled king of Lagos. They married and moved to the coastal city of Badagri. Tragedy struck again when her sons died of malaria, but Efunroye soldiered on and used her husband's networks to accumulate power and wealth. She soon built a successful business trading tobacco, salt, and slaves. In 1835, Adele was restored to the throne and Efunroye moved with him to Lagos, where she expanded her business. Two years later, Adele died and Efunroye supported her stepson, Oluwule's claim to the throne. When he was installed as king, Efunroye married his military advisor. By this time, Efunroye had expanded her trade network and dealt in arms and ammunition. She created a monopoly in the slave trade and the palm oil business, and established palm wine trading routes with Europe, Brazil, and Portugal. In 1841, Oluole died, and Efunroye supported her brother-in-law, Akitoye's bid for kingship. Akitoye thanked her by granting her a large tract of land, Tinubu Square, which is still named after her to this day. Efunroye built herself a large house, and was rumored to own more than 360 personal slaves. But in 1845, Akitoye lost the throne to his political rival, Kosoko, and Efunroye fled back to Badagri. There, she used her influence to rally Akitoye's supporters. In 1845, Europe was starting to denounce slavery, so Efunroye turned to commercial crops such as coconut oil and cotton. She established connections with politicians, military leaders, and foreign trade officials, and was a critical resource for European merchants and traders. In 1851, Britain bombarded Lagos under the pretext of ending the slave trade, dislodging Kosoko and replacing him with Akitoye. When Akitoye returned to the throne, 
Efenroye's power and influence flourished. And though the slave trade was officially abolished, she continued to trade with Brazil and Portugal. It's greatly disputed whether Efenroye ever repented her role in the slave trade. Some historians have claimed she stopped when she realized that locally practiced slavery was different from the chattel slavery of North and South America. Other sources say that Efenroye was profit-focused and had no such realization. It's hard to know the truth about Efenroye as the British resented her for her economic influence. Therefore, it's possible that they painted a more negative picture of her dealings. It's also possible that they didn't. When Akitoye died, Efenroye helped a man named Dosunmu succeed him, though Efenroye was regarded as the true power behind the throne. She'd amassed a private army and was using it to perform orders usually given by the king. In 1855, Dosunmu welcomed deported Yoruba slaves back to Lagos, a move supported by the British. Efunroye led a rebellion against the returnees, and British consul Benjamin Campbell asked Dosunmu to exile her. From exile in Abiokuta, Efunroye challenged British rule, publicly railed against Campbell, and organized a failed plot to remove him. Even in exile, Efunroye's business continued. She supplied Abeokuta with munitions for a war against a rival state. In return, she was named Ayalode of Egboland, a highly honorific chieftaincy which she held for 23 years. She continued kingmaking and was an economic powerhouse through the rest of her life until her death in 1887. Efunroye is considered to be one of the most influential figures in Nigerian history. She's remembered as an astute and strategic businesswoman and politician. All month, we're talking about mavericks and legends. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. And you can follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. And special thanks to all the Womaniacs out there. To join our brand new membership program, go to glow.fm slash Womanica. You'll be supporting the work that goes into these episodes, and you'll get special access to bi-weekly events, and you'll be able to help shape future content. Your support really means a lot to us. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey everybody, I'm Grace Lynch, a producer at Wonder Media Network, and one of the many people who gets to work on Encyclopedia Womanica. My absolute favorite feeling whenever I'm working on an episode of Womanica is when I find the perfect piece of music that will underscore a series of events, or transport the listener, or communicate the emotional weight of the situation. It can be really hard to find these tracks, and all of us spend hours pouring through music libraries to find them. The song that you're listening to right now is one of my all-time favorites, which I found one day toiling deep down a music rabbit hole. I sat on it for months, waiting to finally find the right episode, and it was actually Jenny, who had heard me use it inappropriately too many times before, who finally picked the right spot. It ended up working perfectly for Mary the Jewess, one of our many beautiful minds we featured in December. If you enjoy what we do and want to keep hearing more incredible stories of women throughout history who deserve to be remembered, I hope you would consider joining our membership program. By going to glow.fm slash womanica, you can help support the team behind the show and make sure that these stories keep being told. That's glow.fm slash womanica. Thanks again.